I mean, the reality is we're actually sending frequencies to our body at all times. So anytime we have an emotion, you're you're hit with a frequency. The food that we eat has frequencies. So if you're eating dead food that's packaged up two years ago, there's not a lot of good energy. There's not a lot of good frequency in that particular food. Even the people we spend time with. So sometimes you get stuck in this energy vampire relationship. It could even potentially be a member of your family. And when you spend time with somebody, you may notice that you're vibrating at a lower level. And that's just, you know, people do vibrate at different frequencies. We can actually take that in and we absorb that at all times. So I like letting people know that you may not be aware of it, but we're actually picking up on frequency at all times, 24-7. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. Welcome to the future of health. This is episode one of a multi-part series where we start to break apart the innovations and the ways of thinking and the horizons of where we are going to have the opportunity to move in terms of healthcare. And for those of you who are listening who are like, oh, no, I'm into healthcare. I'm not talking about like cool new toys that emergency room physicians are going to use to I don't even know what emergency room physicians do, but we're not talking about that. We are talking about innovations that will change the way you as a health consumer will be able to take control of your health. We're going to be talking about technologies that can listen to your voice and actually start to quantify what is happening with respect to emotional intelligence. Can you imagine Imagine if you have your partners, like you quantify their voice and you can actually figure out what's wrong with them. They don't even have to tell you. We're going to have individuals who speak to the notion of biohacking, frequency medicine, Chinese pulses, trends we're seeing in healthcare. More than anything, where I believe we are headed is into a realm where health consumers, individuals like you and I have more and more control over how we engage in health behavior change, how we can gain access to our numbers and our blood work so we can start to quantify the activities that we are engaging in on a daily basis and emerging trends with respect to uh, devices and home devices and, and how we can take medicine out of a doctor's office and into our own home. These are some of the things that we are going to be breaking down and leaning into in this series. And I wanted to kick this series off as we head into our season of Impact Lives and our our live event, which is all about the future of health. It's just like no coincidence these two things are happening. I wanted to kick off this series by challenging everybody a little bit to think outside the box, the box that we have been taught to hang out in. And uh, my guest today, Dr. Jesse Pierce, is someone I graduated with, someone I respect immensely in the realm of naturopathic medicine. And in particular, her focus in her practice is around something called frequency medicine. How do you leverage frequencies to be able to change the electromagnetic structure of cells, to be able to change how cells signal, to be able to actually trigger the body to start to heal? This is super interesting, quantifiable quantum biology. What's so cool about it is it is uniquely positioned to be able to hang out in the realm of chronic disease management. I've 
spoken before on the podcast about this idea of the line of fine. The line of fine is like where the traditional healthcare system dumps us as patients. Are you fine? Great. You're out of our door. But when we get dumped at the line of fine as patients, we need somewhere to go. A lot of us still don't feel well. We know we are not healthy. We still have that chronic pain. And in many cases are looking for a solution, but beyond a drug that just manages the symptom for us, we're like, I want true healing resolution. One of the tools of healing resolution that is on the table now, and I believe, and and Dr. Jesse Pierce believes, will be more prominent in the future, is this idea of frequency medicine. Einstein himself said the future of medicine will focus on frequencies, and we are just starting to tackle that. This conversation tackled everything from chronic disease to pain management, to how cells interact with shifts in frequencies and open the door for us to start to think about how some of these invisible influences in our lives not only have the capacity to heal us, but may also be interfering with our ability to access our health potential. We are bombarded by frequencies every day, Wi-Fi frequencies, light frequencies, and we know that this influences the electromagnetics of cells. What you're about to find out is exactly how, how it can influence your health in a positive way, how it may influence your health in a negative way. Either way, frequencies are here to stay. They will be part of the medicine of the future. And I'm super excited you have the opportunity to hear from Dr. Jesse Pierce as we break this down more. Dr. Jesse Pierce, welcome to Impact. Thank you, Megan. It's great to be here. Okay, so this is one of my favorite things to uh, to chat about. This is part of our series around the future of health, but we're going to go deep on the concept of and the possibilities that reside in looking at energetic medicine and frequency medicine. And before we jump into all of these pieces, Jesse, I'm wondering if you can just share with my listeners a little bit about you and why this is something that you are so passionate about, your background, and how we're going to anchor this entire conversation today. Yeah. Well, I see really energetic medicine as the new frontier in healing because having worked as a naturopathic doctor for 15 years, focusing on really complex chronic illness, I find that, you know, people are blocked on an energetic level and we need to have new ways of treating people to get through their really tough cases. And so I really think that my my desire and passion for energetic medicine just came out as a result of finding new ways and new technologies to treat patients and seeing amazing improvements in their health. So it was really spurred from that. It's also a form of medicine I use every day uh, with my patients and also with myself to help with with aging and healing and a form of, of biohacking. So contextualize for everybody this notion of energetic medicine and and maybe a concept or tool that people have heard of, such as homeopathy, where it is homeopathy or acupuncture fit into the spectrum of energetic healing? Yeah. So really what we're doing by using homeopathy and acupuncture is tapping into the body's ability to heal. Um, and that's using quantum energy. So it's using that and we can't see the type of healing that's happening, but we're improving the body's energetic frequency. So a frequency is basically the rate at which sound or current is produced and registered. So we have frequencies running through our bodies 
we can we can use technology to help with frequency or we could use acupuncture points to just help the energy flow throughout the body tapping into our body's innate ability to heal by removing those blockages so with with acupuncture sometimes you have the stagnant energy and by putting needles in you can really move the energy in certain meridians and see improvement so just, I want to put context on it because I know one of the things that happens when we start to talk about things that are outside the purview of what we can see and touch and feel or have been exposed to before is that we kind of, we throw these things into a category called a belief system. We're like, oh, I just, I don't believe in any of that, uh, in that stuff. Um, and so the, the context that I, I kind of want to set here and the discussion I want to have before we get into it is that why is it? that some people will engage in any form of energetic medicine. They're like, whoa, that was transformative for me. And other people are like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't feel it. What, it, like, what is going on in those two respective systems and bodies and individuals so that they're having these entirely different experiences? That's a hard question to answer. Um, I think some people are more tuned into it. They're feelers, they're empaths. They can really feel the changes and they are really open to, to quantum physics and this idea that, like, you know, we can't necessarily see what's going on, um, but we can feel it. And I think one of the things that I explain to people is that really we can only see three to five percent with our vision of everything that exists. So a lot of people are just born knowing that and being really tuned into that and are able to tap into energy. And then other people are just really in their heads and they, they really only, they're only able to process information that they see. And so accepting quantum energy, accepting quantum physics as a way to help us heal is really hard to, it's a hard concept to, to um, accept. Yeah. It's it's interesting when you get into this and like, I don't know what like your academic background is. My academic background, we both studied naturopathic medicine together, but prior to that piece, but I have a biology degree and like, like right down to when we're talking about like cellular physics, we are talking about charges across membranes and how those shifts in, in, in charges influence what gates are opening and what gates are closing and, and those charges in that membrane. And when we're starting to talk about this, this is where we're starting to talk about electromagnetic frequencies and how they influence a cell, influence cells. So that is, that's that is like that science that's well documented. This isn't a belief system that there are energetic charges on cells. That's like that's how they work. So action potentials work. It's how we contract our our muscles. And what we're we're really saying here is that um, part of the energetic frequencies that are actually our our bodies are are found within light spectrums and and other pieces. Uh, they we actually see shifts in terms of those electrical charges in the cells as a result of that exposure. And so, if we know that you can be exposed to different types of light or radiation and experience changes in those cells, what we're really saying here is there's lots of ways to be able to influence those charges. And when we influence those charges, we can drive uh, we can drive healing. Yes, that is. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the key is that we are. And actually, as humans, we are vibrating at a frequency. And um, what we're doing when we're using new technology is trying to change the frequency in ourselves that actually then shifts our epigenetics. So it's a way for us to be able to see and measure it. And uh, that's the, the fascinating thing about the new energetic technology is we can actually really make huge changes in our cells and how they communicate. 
it's super fascinating too, as we start to see the intersection of some of these sort of, I'm going to just call them more traditional forms of healing. These are forms of healing that we have documented and have observed for thousands of years. And now we're actually starting to have the tools where we can actually quantify these pieces. I was talking to someone last week, he has a technology where we can quantify what's happening in our Chinese pulses and actually understand um, and have, you know, direct displays, like a play-by-play if we wanted to, and what's happening in our pulses day in and day out. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, we're like, well, this is maybe the subjective thing that may or may not be real. And we're like, no, wait a second. There's actually quantifiable data that supports the information that's coming from these pulses. So we're just starting to exist in an era where we are able to leverage tools that enable us to quantify and understand things that had previously existed in the in the belief sector. And I want to set everyone up that way because you're going to miss out in this conversation if you're sitting there with your arms crossed being like, I don't believe in any of this stuff. I was at the, I have to say this beforehand. I feel like I'm talking to one person who I know is not listening to my podcast, but I was at the park the other day and he was like, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a former naturopathic doctor and blah, blah, blah. Um, And he was like, did you do homeopathy? And I could just tell, I was like, oh no, no, I didn't do homeopathy ever. He's like, oh Good. Well, then I can carry on this conversation because that stuff's crazy. And it's so interesting because he was he was so open to everything else I was talking about, but this is where that wall went up. So what I'm just inviting everyone to do as they're listening to this conversation is to just release your ego, the part of your ego that thinks you know all the things, and surrender to the fact that there's a whole layer to our world that you actually can't observe with your eye or that maybe you didn't learn about in university or that falls outside the realm of how the traditional system treats people because they have a different role to play. This is really about kind of pulling the blanket back on new possibilities of, of healing and how we can move into that, uh, that future of health. So with that said, now that I've like thrown my diatribe and cotton, everyone else, peace out. You can step out of the room because we're going to go deep on these pieces. Uh, Jesse, I know that you in particular practice something that you refer to as like energetic or frequency medicine. And so what are you talking about? So just to, just to, uh, add to what you just said. I just wanted to l- let you know that one of m- my favorite quotes from, from Albert Einstein is the future of medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. So he even said that a hundred years ago. And yeah, we just unfortunately haven't really picked up on this as, as mainstream. And so hopefully we're pushing things a little bit and opening people's eyes to the potential of frequency medicine. I use a lot of frequencies in my clinic. And so you can use it Frequencies are delivered either by sound, in water, or through current that you can run through the body to help your body heal. So really, a frequency is a hertz. It's that electrical charge um, at a specific hertz, and that's how fast the sound is delivered or how fast the current is produced. And depending on what hertz is delivered, you're going to get a different frequency delivered. And so really how I use it in my clinic is I'm sending frequencies with technology to downregulate inflammatory mediators and calm inflammation. So that's the main way that I use frequencies very specifically. So I have a few uh, different devices that I will use in order to deliver that frequency. I mean, the reality is we're actually sending frequencies to our body at all times. So anytime we have an emotion, you, you're 
you're hit with the frequency. The food that we eat has frequencies. So if you're eating dead food that's packaged up um, two years ago, there's not a lot of good energy. There's not a lot of good frequency in that particular food. Even the people we spend time with. So sometimes you get stuck in this energy vampire relationship. It could even potentially be a member of your family. And when you spend time with somebody, you may notice that you're vibrating at a lower level. And that's just, you know, people do vibrate at different frequencies. We can actually take that in and we absorb that at all times. So I like letting people know that you may not be aware of it, but we're actually picking up on frequency at all times, 24-7. But the goal for me is constant treatment. So how do I shift people's frequencies on a day-to-day basis, either when they're in a one-on-one appointment or actually at home listening to, to frequency music to shift their uh, inflammatory me- mediators and improve their health. Okay, I want to get into frequency music in a hot second. You, <laughs> Everyone's like, sorry, what? Like, we're going to go there. Well, you mentioned in passing this thing called FSM. What is that? Yeah, so that is called frequency-specific microcurrent. And that's my main modality uh, in clinic to shift people's health. And so it's frequency-specific. So I'm using two frequencies to help deliver some information to the body over a treatment. So people will be in my office for about an hour. And if I'm trying to calm down their amygdala or deal with some PTSD... I can use certain frequencies to help shift the brain and downregulate their vagus nerve so that they are then feeling less inflamed when they leave the office. So the goal is uh, resetting the body using frequency and the frequency actually speeds up ATP production in certain areas of the, the body up to 600 times while they're on my treatment table so that when they leave the office, they're actually continuing to, to, experience the effects of the of the treatment what does it actually like what does it look like everyone's like picturing this table of like like what what is actually getting hooked up to people's bodies and if you're watching the video you're gonna see it and if you're not we're gonna give you the play-by-play like monday night football yes so it's a tiny little box it's only three you know it's three inches by six inches Um, And there's um, wires that are attached. So there's a positive and negative. And basically, we're using uh, wet towels around the neck and the feet, or depending on where, if somebody has an acute injury, we can also treat the elbow or treat the knee. Um, This box is actually used with a lot of professional athletes. So quite a few hockey players and NFL players use this every single day to improve their sleep, improve their performance and help deal with chronic injuries. Um, So there are a few practitioners in the US that only deal with athletes, but I use it specifically to shift the brain from trauma or shift the body with uh, inflammation from either, you know, mold or, or Lyme issues. So that's really how I'm using this. And it's also really helpful for autoimmune conditions. So once the immune system gets tripped up and is not functioning the way it really should be, then you can use the machine to try to heal the gut and, tr- and treat the autoimmune condition. Are there things that need to be in place in someone's health before they're going to see the impact of the results? of frequency like we're talking about like really subtle shifts but if you're eating Popeyes for dinner every night like what is the role of like 
just fundamental health intervention? There's all, you always have to look at the, you know, how well are, are people detoxing? Are they eating healthy foods? Are they sleeping? Are they detoxing at night? Like we, we this is sort of the little um, icing on the cake once we've taken care of everything else. So you can't just use frequency and expect to get 100% better. You always have to look at the underlying cause of why things I've got dysregulated in the first place. Um, but for me, I, I really love the frequency for PTSD or trauma because what happens is those traumas affect our epigenetics um, in, a, in a negative way. And so the frequency can actually reset our, our genetics to improve how well our body can actually function over time. Can you give us an example of like a patient you've worked with? who's had trauma or PTSD, how is manifesting? And then like the role of using um, FMS has had in terms of their health, modulating those frequencies. Yeah. So a great example, uh, you know, I've had a patient lo- lose a child, um, which is very traumatic. And then, you know, maybe six months later, stopped sleeping well, but developed severe SIBO, which is small intestinal bowel overgrowth, lots of gut dysbiosis, creating all this fatigue, anxiety, and panic attacks. And so really, I used frequency. Mostly, the worst part for her was the debilitating fatigue, like not really being able to work. So the goal of frequency, and it didn't take long, I probably did four to four to six treatments, uh, reset the vagus nerve, did a lot of PTSD. I, I used a liver um, support channel. I ran a SIBO, SIBO protocol specifically for her for her gut. I also had her on a couple of ski, uh, specific um, supplements to help as well. So I used two things in combination: two or three supplements combined with the with the FSM. But she's she is like ninety five percent better. Like in. It's incredible because she's just traveled. She just came back. She said, I was able to eat a lot of different foods that I couldn't eat. Um, and so the, the FSM made a huge difference. And I think with the vagus nerve, which is regulating sympathetic and parasympathetic, trauma really dysregulates that vagus nerve. And it is hard to reset that, that vagus nerve quickly. You can do lots of yoga and you can do lots of humming, but I find FSM the best way to actually reset that vagus nerve. Can you just talk about this for one second? Because for people who don't like understand the breadth of influence that the vagus nerve has in the body and why like anyone who works with, with energetics or trauma is, is going to talk about the vagus nerve. So one, like, why is it just so important? And then I'd love to just explore the connection between trauma and the vagus nerve in particular. Yeah, that's great. So the vagus nerve really does regulate sympathetics, that fight or flight versus parasympathetic. So rest and relax. And we always need that vagus nerve to be able to turn on and off according to what you're doing. So when you're sleeping, you should always be in a nice parasympathetic state. You should be able to fall asleep really quickly. And then, of course, if you're going through some stress or you're exercising or you're being chased by a bear, obviously, that's the main uh, you know, example people give. You want to be able to go into that sympathetic state. The challenge for most of us is that when you're in chronic stress or you have a big trauma, 
that vagus nerve gets completely dysregulated. So it can't turn on and off. Most of the time, it just stays off. Um, It's just not flipping on and off. And you can easily get into this sympathetic overdrive. Um, So the you can't get into parasympathetics. And as a result, you're not digesting very well. You're not resting and digesting. You're more likely to get a gut infection because you're not digesting your food very well. The vagus nerve is turning on and off all of your organs. So it's innervating that. It also plays a role in, in bowel movements. So everything is connected to the vagus nerve. It's, it's incredible. And when you can get that working better, most of the time, most digestive symptoms will clear up. One thing I'm curious as you're talking about all of this and like SIBO, like small intestine bowel overgrowth where we've got tons of dysbiosis and and bacteria. Like when we think about it, we have more foreign cells in our body from other microorganisms than we actually have of our own native cells. So I'm kind of curious, and you might not even have an answer to this, but like what is the what is the influence or role of of frequency on the microbiome or on other organisms? Are there some organisms that are like more susceptible in a positive or negative way to FSM than others? Like I'm super curious how it influences the microbiome. I mean, really it, it, it influences it by turning the vagus nerve back on so that your body can actually recognize what's self and what's not self. Um, oftentimes when the vagus nerve turns off and it's not functioning, that's where an autoimmune condition is going to kick in. And it's, the body can't really recognize what's self and what's not self. And it's usually driven by an infection. So when the vagus nerve gets turned off, then the infection can, can set in and that's either SIBO. It could even be Lyme disease from years ago when you got a tick bite. The vagus nerve really does help play a role in controlling the terrain of the gut. And so the gut microbiome, you're right. Like we, you know, they're actually totally taking center stage. They're ruling the show a hundred percent. Um, and so that's really why we treat the gut brain infections and treat the gut because the brain is incredibly influenced by all those gut microbiomes and FSM plays a role in, in making sure that your body can regulate itself so that the, um, so that the gut microbiome stays in this nice, healthy balance. And it's got a nice, wild, diverse uh, diversity there. What other things can we do that have that influence or like just deliver us positive frequencies? Like what else? (laughs) So doing what you love, like absolutely doing what you love, following your passion. So playing music or whatever you love doing as a kid, going back to that, adding play, um, laughing, smiling, those are all things. Sometimes we, especially as moms, we get into this, like, ah, we look out for our kids. I mean, I wake up at 4.45 to drive my daughter to swim class, like her swim, her swim team four times a week. And so sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm doing all this for my kids. What am I doing for myself? Right. So I try to get out mountain biking. I try to do travel with friends. Um, I try to add in the things that I love. Um, listening to music is always great. And even like, even just songs on the radio. So it doesn't have to be the frequency music that I'm going to talk about next. Uh, listening to great songs on, on the radio can cheer people up. Spending time with people that you just energetically jive with that like you leave their house and like you get the big high because it was such a nice 
time. These are all things that shift the frequencies going on in our body. And they're all things that can make you feel better and help with healing. And not to like go into that negative place, but I do feel because there are so many invisible influences. What are some of the things, like I always found this fascinating with patients where we just started to do simple things like turn their Wi-Fi off at night and they're like, whoa, my whole life has changed. Like I don't even understand how that's possible because I still don't believe that it's having a negative influence. Like what are some of these invisible entities in our life that are likely creating some sort of negative influence, whether you can quantify that or not? Yeah, so Wi-Fi is a perfect example. We think that the Wi-Fi excites some of the mold in our in our houses, but also in our bodies. So we all have a little bit of yeast and candida and mold exposure from just, you know, going out in nature. And sometimes if that mold's in your body, the Wi-Fi router actually helps the mold grow really quickly. And that makes us feel not well. Same with other things like eating lots of food with Roundup and pesticides. We think that like pesticides and chemicals and toxins are actually lowering our vibration. Um, it's interesting, not just the Wi-Fi router, but sometimes like if I've had patients move to the high rise of the building and there's a lot of electrical stuff going on up at the top of the building, there may even be 5G um, you know, signal, cell signaling and they end up with thyroid, a thyroid condition or um they're really unwell. So I think any sort of unnatural current is really hard on our bodies. Spending time on a lake away from Wi-Fi, swimming, um, spending time in water, that always has a good frequency to it. What about light? Of course, blue light. <laughs> blue light is hard on our bodies, especially at night. So a little bit of blue light is fine in the morning, but by six o'clock, you really want to think about when the light, natural light starts to go down, we want to think about avoiding blue light. I was reading something last week and they were starting to document and look at like precocious puberty. So for people listening, like early onset puberty in girls, and they've seen a huge increase in this in the last 18 months. And one of the speculations for this is the sheer amount of time that young girls were spending due to the pandemic in front of the blue light of a screen and how it's actually starting to influence hormonal regulation for these for these girls, but we're expo- like, I'm sitting here talking to you right now, like, do as we say, not as we do under like, two very large <laughs> blue lights, like, there's a there is a really strong, there's a really strong influence in terms of how it impacts uh, our brains and our pineal glands. And even my dermatologist is like, Megan, you need to wear sunscreen if you're under blue lights all day, like it will prematurely age the cells on your skin. So like, there's certain types of light that we're well aware of will have an influence on our on ourselves, white is also just a wavelength. Like it's, it is a version of this that we have, uh, we have heard about before. I'm curious, Jesse, in terms of your practice, because you work with so many individuals with sort of chronic conditions and you, you have always had an energetic slant to how you have approached care, but what difference does it make when we start to pull in this notion of frequency medicine in terms of some of these chronic conditions? What have you been able to unlock that previously had been a challenge uh, for you to be able to treat? Yeah, this is so great. So I had a patient that I was trying to te- I was trying to teach. She had chronic degenerative disc disease, and she could barely walk. Um, and I tried acupuncture for you know probably two to three months. She came weekly. It would help for a bit, and then things would get a little bit worse. Then I got into frequency and the FSM, and I, I, I 
emailed her and said, please come back. I think I can fix your chronic degenerative disc. And she said, oh, well, I was just, I'm just about to get ready for surgery. And so I said, okay, well, you know, she was on the list for surgery. It was two or three months away. So I said, okay, come back and we'll try FSM and see if I can heal up your disc. And discs are really hard to treat. So they're in the spine. They're, you can't access them. But frequency, actually, there are frequencies for chronic inflammation in the disc and scarring in the disc. And so after two treatments, she was 85, 90% better. She had spent three hours wandering around Indigo with her, with her daughters. And she hadn't done that in eight years. Like it was really incredible. And then she kept coming. So we did two or three treatments, but then she kept looking in because she was worried that the treatment would wear off. And I said, no, like it doesn't really work that way. Once we heal your discs that have been inflamed for a very long time, unless you have a little setback, you don't need to keep coming. And so, and she stopped and it's so great. I get updates from her daughter all the time and she's doing really well, but she got to cancel that surgery. By using different types of technology, using frequency, I'm able to treat a lot more that walks in my door. Like I used to feel, I used to struggle with pain. We used to use turmeric and some anti-inflammatory herbs and you would only get so far. And now like I just... Part of what I love and why I love what I do is I get a dopamine hit every time somebody comes back into my office and says I'm way better, right? So there's that energy hit that I get, and that's why I do what I do. And um, I just think I can treat so many more conditions with the use of of, uh, frequency technology. What are like slam dunk cases? with respect to frequency, like kind of the way I used to feel when people would walk in and they're like, I have acne and drink a liter of milk a day. And I was like, best news I've heard all day. Like, what are your, what is your version of acne and removing milk? Slam dunks are always like the, the, the doms, the pain, like the muscle soreness after activity. Um, Incredible for athletes, amazing for inflammation, like quick, acute inflammation, like fractures, somebody fractures, um, their arm, they're going to use FSM for a couple of weeks. When they go get an x-ray, it's going to have healed very fast. So acute injuries, it's always a slam dunk. It works on everybody, even if you don't believe it. But then for me, where I feel like it works, is just that anxiety, depression, mood stuff. Like, you know, when people are struggling with moods, uh, especially teenagers, like I just feel like I can shift them really quickly um, at using this form of energetic medicine. So those are definitely slam dunks like that, that fatigue and the fibromyalgia cases, like I, they definitely get better using FSM. Have you had any experience with FSM and the management of long COVID? Yes. Yes. Because it's really about, it's, it's really about trying to get the low grade infection out of the organs and out of the tissue. So had great luck with that for sure. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about music because you've got a super cool gift for people. But I know when we talked about this a few weeks ago, there's like there's a whole I'll let you get into it. There's a whole thing about happiness. But there was also like a whole piece of music around uh, weight loss. And this is like if we, you know, as practitioners and when we're all sort of sitting around being like, you know, if I could pick any niche, I'd pick weight loss because we all know, like, ultimately, I'd love my chronic pain to go away. But if you could also take care of the 15 pounds, like, let's do that first. Like, it doesn't matter just about any condition. If we can also uh, address the weight piece, uh, let's address the weight piece. And I'm curious if we look at weight loss 
and hanging on to weight and, and excess adipose tissue through the lens of frequency? Like, I don't even know what the question is. I'm just kind of like, what is the commentary there? Like, what is your insight around the influence of, of quantum energetics and, and weight? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's it's so interesting. I used this with a patient uh, earlier this summer because I had, I saw this song and I thought, okay, like I'm going to download this song and see what it's like. And uh, this patient had come in with severe trigeminal neuralgia and I took one appointment to like get rid of that for her. And she was in excruciating pain and she had tried a whole bunch of things to help with the trigeminal neuralgia, which is just shooting pain in your jaw. Um, heading up to your head. And so she was super skeptical coming to see me for this, but she thought I'll give it a shot. So I got rid of it. She came back and she was like, wow, if you can get rid of my TGI or my trigeminal neuralgia, can you help me lose weight? And, you know, for me, I see it as weight, excess weight is a combination of inflammation, hormonal imbalance. Like there's a lot of things going on. Um, but for me, I thought, okay, we'll try this song. And the way I look at it is, you know, there might've been a trauma in her life that changed the way her cells were signaling and stopped her from burning fat very well. So it's, it's really the songs about shifting your epigenetics back. Of course, our epigenetics do really dictate whether or not we gain weight or lose weight quickly. Um, but I think it can improve it a little bit. So the song is called the, the fat burner, super slim song. So I said, listen, listen to it every day for a month. Don't skip a day. See how it goes. I have no idea if it's going to work, but let's just try it. So she came back a month later and she said for two weeks, I didn't lose any weight at all. Now this person is 79 just to give you the heads up. So it's, it's, she's not a young spring chicken. So for two weeks, she didn't lose any weight. And then the following two weeks, she said she lost six pounds and she was over the moon because she, her body just does not shift. Like she will always gain weight, never lose weight. And so she was like very, very excited about her progress. And so since then I've, 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 you know, sent it out to a few patients who just want that shift, but that's not generally why they're coming to see me. They're coming to see me for other things, but Hey, if they can lose a little bit of weight at, on the side, then they'll be really happy. And um, so I think like, again, it's sending that frequencies and that small little bit of messaging to our body that can shift that inflammation and the epigenetics around fat burning. And again, what we're not saying is you should still keep eating Popeyes and not have to exercise and just listen to this magic song and you'll lose, uh, you'll lose weight. It's really about like the synergy that can happen when these influences are there. And certainly as a clinician, I can speak to the fact that we do like, sometimes you do all the things right. And sometimes people are like concurrently working with a physician and you're like, you're on the right meds and you're on the right supplements and you're eating the right diet. And, and no one can quite figure out like why the body is not not responding. And, and this is where having access to and knowing about uh, the influence of frequencies and knowing that this can be used as a modality, I think is just so, it's just so powerful. Well said, Megan. We make this transition in our, in our interviews where we go from like the topic at hand to learning a little bit more about you. And I call these our impact questions. So I've got a few rapid fire questions for you, uh, Jesse, if you're ready. And the first one is, when you need it at a moment's notice, how do you cultivate courage for yourself? Yeah, I think digging deep, taking some deep breaths, closing my eyes, recognizing that, you know, I'm always going to be going through some tough times, but that it's really about resiliency and recognizing that 
you know, if I can be resilient, I can get through anything. And then secondly, sleep. I just, I love my sleep. So if I'm struggling and things are tough, I always know go to bed at 8 p.m. with the kids and you'll wake up feeling much better in the morning. I feel like the, the solution is always in the morning. It is never, the solution is never at night. It's like a life secret. What's your motivational beverage of choice? Oh my gosh, always coffee. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a coffee drinker. Like I drink organic coffee. I really believe like I take the time to make my coffee every morning. My uh, dog's right by my side and then we curl up on the couch together. And it's like just such a nice time. And so that is definitely, definitely my beverage of choice. What's your biggest non-negotiable in life? Really good question. For me, like I, going back to my sleep, like that is a non, like I have to sleep and I could never be a healthcare worker that does shift work at night, I think, but I have to sleep and my, all my family know that. Like, I think I sleep the most out of everybody in my family, but I also expel a lot of energy um, in my day-to-day life. So that is definitely a non As an entrepreneur, were you born with it or did you learn to become an entrepreneur? I think I learned. It's interesting for sure. I learned a lot about hard work from my dad. He's a very hard worker. Um, But, you know, it's so interesting. When I started my practice, I had a small little baby and, you know, I was really always focused on trying to help people and and not necessarily focused on trying to build a, you know, a a very um, uh, productive practice in that I, I saw lots of patients but um, I realized that you can you can be really successful and be a really good doctor and also help people and also do well financially. So I think that was a, that was a big learning, and that's really about le- learning how to be an entrepreneur. Last question for you: What do you want your legacy of impact to be? I think I think moving moving people into this energetic healing piece for sure and just recognizing that you know we can move beyond drugs and we can move beyond um, you know we all have the potential to heal and quantum energy medicine is really moving forward and I'd like that to be my big impact to let people know that um, there's another way out there and the more people that feel healthy aligned, balance on it on an energetic level um the better off we are as as a community dr jesse pierce you are like you're up to just the coolest stuff every time we have a chance to sit down i'm just i'm like this little puppy dog i'm like please just tell me more of these cool stories and things you're up to um because it's it's so far outside the box but it is really truly so impactful i know that you have a gift for everybody i'm wondering can you just share with everyone what that is because it's super cool Uh, Yeah, so I'm leaving you guys with a a song called the Super Happy Song. And it's really designed to help boost serotonin. So uh, you can always go to the show links and download that song and um, listen to it once a day. You probably don't need it more than once a day. You don't want too much serotonin. (laughs) Once a day is fine or a couple times a week. But if you notice that you're feeling a little more joyful, um, then I'm so happy to pass that on to you. Then you can thank Dr. Jack C. Pierce. You can grab that link by heading over to our show notes, which are found at meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. Jesse, thanks so much for joining me today. It was so great to chat. Have a great week. Thanks a lot. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in or step off stage. 
It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.